As part of Black History Month in October, I interviewed Pastor Calvin Young, who's the Senior Minister at Mount Zion Community Church in Aston, and in recent months has taken a bit of a lead in pulling together church leaders from right across the city to discuss and pray for racial justice. Now here at Church Central, this very much fits with the journey we're on, where from day one, we've set out to reflect the rich diversity in our city. More than that, our desire isn't merely to be a diverse family of churches, but churches that include, celebrate, and empower those from a minority background. In this first episode, we learn that if we get this right, it's going to lead to increased discomfort for each and every one of us. Many of us will have met Calvin briefly in the short interview we had the other Sunday. Uh, but as I had him on the line, I thought I'd take advantage and ask him a few more questions, recognising that it's Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And as a church, we've been on a bit of a journey. It feels like we're still starting out, but we are on a journey in terms of understanding some of the issues around race uh, that are so relevant in a city like Birmingham. And just want to take the advantage of this opportunity to ask Calvin a few more questions. Now, first of all, Calvin, we'd love to hear a bit of your story personally. Okay. Uh, Recognise you lead uh, a significant black majority church in the city. Uh, I know further back in your history, you've been involved with leadership in uh, other churches that maybe were more predominantly white. Yeah. Uh, would love to hear a bit of your journey, both in the church, but outside the church as well, in terms of race. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, I, I came from Jamaica um, when I was 14 and um, came to Bristol to join my parents. And we were brought up in a, a mixed um, Assemblies of God church in, in, in Bristol. Um, Felt the call of God upon um, my life and went to Bible college and was trained for the ministry. Um, coming out of Bible college, I went back to Bristol and then I went to London and then to West Bromwich for six and a half years. And then I came over to Aston. Um, right the way through, all those leaders within the church in, in Bristol, um, London, uh, West Bromwich, they were all white. And um, I'm, I'm really thankful to God because they supported me all the way. Not everyone, but the leaders in particular, they really saw the call of God upon my life and they supported me. Even when I didn't believe that I was able, um, their encouragement was phenomenal. So uh, I've been brought up more in the white-led side of the church um, than the black-led side of the church. It was only when I came to to Aston, which was at that time predominantly, it was a white-led church and predominantly white, but over a period of time, a lot of black people started to go to the church. When I got there, there was two white ladies left within the church. 
And um, I, they didn't last very long after I got there because we started to talk about the black tension that black people are having to sort of juggle both in church and in society and in their own world. And the, the white folks didn't feel that was relevant for them. So they left and uh, we just continued to build. But um, yeah, so as Aston continued to grow and some people recognized that there was um, a, probably an apostolic anointing that was on my life. And they, they asked me to become the regional superintendent for the Assemblies of God, which consisted to about maybe 48 to 53 churches at the time, and uh, predominantly white leaders. I probably can only count one um, um, black or Asian leaders, They're predominantly white, and I led them for about 10 years. And they said to me when I finished, the reason why we wanted you is because we felt you're carrying something very strong in the spirit that we need as leaders. And we really wanted you to lead us. And so, you know, I did that for 10 years and uh, I was blown away. So, so my journey has always been um, with the white-led side of the church. When I came to Aston, I had to actually learn my blackness and realize that I, I had quite a bit of prejudice that I grew up with, that mindset um, where, you know, some of us, we look down on black churches and thinking oh my goodness they're rolling on the floor they're doing all kinds of stuff and they're crazy people and so on i had that even as a black person so i had to quickly learn uh, so just just picking up on that last point does that mean you'd had to dial down or switch off part of who you are when you were in predominantly white churches yeah, I, I definitely believe that was the case. Um, some of it was uh, not conscious, but it was inbuilt. Um, I do know, however, that a lot of the people in, our, in some of our white churches, they're, they're having to sort of dial down on their own cultural expression in order to fit in to the culture of the church. And that is not a bad thing in one sense. However, that needs to go right across the board if we're gonna create multicultural churches. And that's part of the challenges of having multicultural churches is that uh, some of the cultures are gonna be affected um, in a negative way. I guess the day we're getting it right, it will be uncomfortable for all of us, yeah. and not just one segment of the church. So kind of bring on the day when we're all feeling the discomfort yeah. and tension. You spoke in terms of black tension and those two older white ladies couldn't kind of cope with that conversation. You want to unpack a bit more what you, what you mean by black tension? Yeah, um, for, for black people in general, there is a tension that they have to live with. They know they're black, but they are living in a white, predominantly white uh, uh, country and community. And so wherever they are, whether they're in church or whether they are in work or even the wider community, there is a tension that they carry. Um, for me, 
how I recognize that is when I went back to Jamaica, all of a sudden I felt there was a lightness and I couldn't work it out. I was walking around a market in Jamaica and I felt a lightness and suddenly the penny dropped. There is no one looking at me because I'm black, because we're all black. And so it really hit me that a lot of black people are actually carrying attention within them, trying to make sure that they don't upset people or they fit in. And um, some of that is, is, you know, a bad thing. I think we all need, you know, to be aware of ourselves, but some of it can have adverse effect upon, in particular, a lot of our young people. Well, I hope you enjoyed this first episode. If you join us tomorrow, we're going to dig a little deeper into the very real black tension felt by many and do a whistle-stop tour of the Bible where, spoiler alert, we're going to see that our roots as the people of God are perhaps more black than we realise. Thank you.